Welcome to Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. Welcome back, listeners. Good morning. This is Tax Insight here on WOMT every week with Jeff from Hawkins Ash. Jeff, good morning. Good morning, Terry. Today, we're going to be talking about applying for tax-exempt status. Last week, we were talking about uh, if organizations are actually tax-exempt. Don't forget, listeners, go back on the podcast and download that if you want. But today, like we said, applying for tax-exempt status. Right, because like you said, you know, last week we did talk about that, um, you know, if trying to find out if, you're, if your organization is tax-exempt. Um, but if you find out that it's not um, tax-exempt or that that exemption has been revoked, there are steps that can be taken. And, and like you said, today, let's kind of talk about some of those guidelines. So what does an organization do if they were exempt, but now it has been revoked? Well, you know, if we go back just one step, you know, there is consequences to losing your tax exempt status. And that is you have to file tax returns and actually pay tax on any kind of net income. You, you have to, you know, when, when your exempt status is revoked, what you have to do is you have to file an, file for exemption um, and the IRS is going to have to issue you a new determination letter. Now, the nice thing about that is, is once they issue that new determination letter, it's usually effective from the date that you lost it. So there really wouldn't be any issue with that, but it is, it does take a lot of extra time just to get that exemption back. So how do we apply for the first time for this? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not exempt at all and you need to apply for the first time, it is a little bit longer of a process than you would think because it's more than just applying with the IRS. The first thing you have to do is you have to prepare legal documents. So you have to become either a trust, a corporation, an association, something like that. You have to have bylaws and those bylaws must con- contain, you know, certain tax exempt language. Then you may have to, you know, register with your state and then get an employer identification number. Once you do those steps, then you can actually start the process of applying to be tax exempt. And you do that on on some of the IRS forms, whether it's a 1023 or a 1024, depending on your size. Now, the completion of the form is gonna take some time and it's gonna require about three years worth of financial data, whether it's the actual data or whether it's projected data. The IRS charges you a fee for doing this application. So, So the organization should be prepared for that. And once submitted, the IRS usually will take some time to process it and they usually come back with questions. Um, and then once the IRS is, agrees that you're a tax exempt organization, they'll send you that determination letter. And that's the one that you can use to give to your uh, people that donate to you so that they know they can deduct their donations on their tax returns. So what type of tax exempt entities need to actually apply for this? Really any kind of tax exempt organizations where contributions are deductible by the person donating it, whether it's a public charity or private foundation, but there's also tax exempt entities where a donation is not tax deductible. And those are things like social clubs, fraternities, political organizations, things like that. They also have to apply just like a, um, you know, just like a public charity or private foundation would have to. Sure. Jeff, a lot of great information each and every week here on tax insight. How do listeners connect with the team at Hawkins Ash? I would go right to our website, which is hawkinsash.cpa. You know, follow us on Twitter or even like us on Facebook. And we'll talk to you next week on WOMT. This has been Tax Insights, presented by Hawkins Ash CPAs. 
Learn more online at HawkinsAshCPAs.com. Hawkins Ash CPAs, part of your business, part of your life.